Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Sometimes, savvy souls, we get so caught up in the demands of our lives, the work pressures, the demands on our time from every quarter, the friends wanting responses to their messages or wanting us to like their posts, the fun sometimes, but compulsory family events, helping our kids when they need us to help them solve the latest problems in their lives, the committee work we've promised to do, but that's still lying unfinished on our desk, the errands we need to run to the hardware store. We get so caught up in these things that life can get to feel like a little bit of a grind. We forget to even consider what we like, what we want, and what we need to fill us up. Some of us have been so consumed with just getting done what we're doing, getting through to the next thing, we've forgotten to be in touch with what we like. But what you like, Savvy Souls, is an important inquiry because what you like can be a pointer to the ways you can make your life feel richer, ways you can revitalize your life and create a greater sense of well-being. I thought of this episode when I was listening to an art instructor this week talk about the clues that are available to us that would help us make our art better when we remember what we love to do when we were little kids. When she said this, I suddenly had really vivid images of myself building things as a little kid. I used to like to cut cardboard out and construct Barbie doll villages. And I would color in the sides and I'd make like imaginary little chairs and all of these things. I also loved to create villages uh, for this train track. My dad had made my older brother and me, we had this, I think it was about eight foot long, this big wooden platform in the basement and he'd mounted this electric train and we liked to get little pieces of moss and create little villages on it. I like to make little houses for it. Another thing that I love to do with my best friend growing up, this Barbara Fleming was my best friend growing up. And when we were little, we would, I loved her energy because we would go outside and we would make fortresses in the snow, little places that we could sit inside. Or on a rainy day, we would get chairs together and we'd build tents inside the house. We'd prop up some chairs and we'd put blankets over them and we'd have these cozy little spaces. I suddenly remembered all of that and I had this realization about how much I've always loved to create spaces that feel good to be in, whether for me or for my dolls or for my train. How much I've always loved this 
And I realized it's not something new that popped up for me suddenly with no reason, like I'd been thinking. And so it made complete sense to me now that I did. I created this building on this property where I live. I had such a desire to create this particular studio space and workshop space. Uh, it had come up for me in, in kind of a vision about what I wanted to do. And it was just so real and compelling. I actually moved here to do that. And it seemed to just come from nowhere. But now I see how much it was related to who I am and what lights me up and why it's made sense that I got so much fulfillment from creating that. I also had flashes of me sitting in grade one coloring. We had art class, I guess, in grade one and we would just have crayons and we would just color. And I can vividly still remember this one piece I was doing, coloring it and using this, this bright orange yellow color. I just think how beautiful it was and how I was watching the white sheet of paper turn pretty. And of course that relates so much to me doing art now, but these are just two examples of how, what I loved doing as a little kid were pointers to the kind of things that just naturally light me up and have always lit me up. It's always interesting to me, Savvy Souls, how much material we can mine, how much good advice we can give ourselves if we think back to what we love to do when we were five or six or seven or eight years old. When we think back to those times and remember what it was like to feel exuberant and curious and joyful, how those activities helped us feel that way. And then when we challenge ourselves to ask, how could I bring a little of that into my life now? What small changes could I make that would allow me to replicate that feeling of exploration and excitement into my adult life now? How useful that is. If we ask ourselves, knowing this about myself, when we remember these younger moments of feeling exuberant and alive, if we ask ourselves, well, knowing this about myself, what does it tell me about the decision I'm facing now? About the actions I could take this week or this month or this year to improve my sense of well-being. I've used this process with several clients over the years and we've discovered truths about them that have been really useful in their decision-making. Or just to add a little bit more good feeling into their lives now, they've had realizations that were instrumental to clearing up their confusion about what next steps they should take or the direction they're thinking about heading. Since a lot of you struggle with even knowing what you like, and since knowing what you like can really help you improve the quality of your life and help you make better decisions, I'd like to talk briefly about three other useful ways to discover what you like. So the first way is what we were just talking about, which is remembering what you love to do when you were five or six or seven or eight. 
The second way is to experiment. In art, experimentation is like when I keep my art journal and I go and I just play. I just draw whatever media I want. I use crayons and I use markers and I use collage. I use whatever I feel like. And I just let that force go through me and I play. In life, I think a way of thinking about experimentation is to explore new activities, to just think of a variety of kind of crazy ideas, things that you wouldn't normally do, but kind of interest you that you'd kind of like to try that take you out of your comfort zone. So volunteering at the local animal shelter, creating a group of people where you meet every week or every month to discuss history or news stories or old films or the latest archaeological finds or whatever lights you up or joining a snowshoeing club doing some activity you haven't done before. Anything that pops up in your mind that feels fun would be good. You can try a variety of things until you start getting a sense of what sticks and what you actually enjoy when you do it. And of course, you're probably really busy. And if that's true, just try one thing at a time. You don't have to make it into a big deal. But just start having that sense of, experimentation and trying and playing with new activities and round out what you do and enjoy things more. Another practice you can try is to pay more attention to what you're doing now. Notice what things you actually like or what things you don't like and keep a journal about it. I think I've talked about this before, but it was a key way to help me decide how I wanted to move forward when being a tax lawyer started to feel a bit tired for me. And just noticing the things I actually liked, I found so many huge surprises, just things I wasn't aware of, how much seeing a rainbow in the morning would make me feel good for the day, or helping somebody feel that they could do something they thought wasn't possible for them. As somebody I was mentoring, for example, at work, how much that fueled me and filled me up so much more so than the tax work was doing that gave me a lot of pointers about the direction I should move. Another practice is, and it's the last one I'm going to talk about, is noticing how your body reacts when you imagine doing different things. When you're contemplating an activity that you might like to try, this is how you can approach it. You Let's say you are thinking about joining your local book club. And would this be something that would help you notice what you like? Would this be something that you would enjoy? Would this be a good thing for you to do? So imagine that you're doing it what the feeling of doing that is like, or what the room would look like, or whatever. Imagine it. And when you're imagining it, just kind of breathe slowly, imagine it calmly, and then notice how it feels in your body. Do you, and when I say how it feels in your body, just notice the sensations in your chest, in your gut, in your throat, kind of in your ab abdomen area in particular, 
Is it a tightening? Do you feel your muscles kind of clench or tighten or stiffen? Do you feel kind of like heavier? Do you feel lighter? Any kind of light feelings, any tingly feelings, any feeling of lightness or release or relaxation, those are yeses. Any feeling of kind of tightening or constriction or heaviness or deadening, those are our no's. So you can also use that practice to figure out what you'd like to do and what might work for you and what you'd like to try. And it's also a good way in when you're trying the paying more attention practice to really notice what you like or don't like if that's not at your level of awareness. So there are four things just to recap that you can try. One is to actively recall what you liked to do as a kid. And then you try to connect that to some activities that you could do now that kind of build on those areas of things that you like. The second idea is to experiment, to explore with different activities, things that are totally out of the box to what you would normally do. Try them on and then notice what you like. A third practice is to journal, to actually pay active attention to what you like and enjoy every day and write those things down in a journal and keep a record of them and notice the patterns. And the last one is to imagine activities and notice the feeling in your body and really paying attention to how your body reacts when you imagine something or when you're actually doing something. All of those things will really help you be a little bit clearer about what you like or don't like. And it's a learning process. It's something that you get to change and develop as you go along. It's something to continue to do so you keep staying in tune with what you like or don't like. Savvy souls, too often we dismiss our own wants and desires as being irrelevant. I believe we couldn't be further from the truth. We can use joy so usefully as a kind of a beacon that moves us in the right direction for us so that we can show up at the end of the day at our best, feeling more enlivened, more energetic, being able to be more encouraging to others. And all of that, savvy souls, can only be good. So go out and notice what you love. Love you guys. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.